Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. I hope all of you out there in the world are taking good care of yourselves and being safe during this pandemic and making good, smart, and careful decisions. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as we all know, the NBA Finals is taking place tonight with Game 1 between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. As you all as you, as you all heard last episode, I previewed the NBA Finals and I picked Golden State to win in 6. It wouldn't surprise me if this series goes 7, but I had the Warriors winning the series in 6, and I had Klay Thompson winning the NBA Finals MVP. Wouldn't surprise me if Steph Curry won the NBA Finals MVP, but I really don't think Steph cares about winning finals MVP, but it wouldn't surprise me if he did. But all in all, I picked Klay Thompson to win. I think this finals is going to be really, really good, and I just cannot wait to see it. Like, I know a lot of you can't wait to see it. But with that being said, I want to talk about Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald. As we all know, the Los Angeles Rams won their second Super Bowl in franchise history, and they won their second Super Bowl since 1999 when Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf won their first Super Bowl defeating Steve McNair and the Tennessee Titans. And Aaron Donald went on the I Am Athlete podcast with former NFL wide receivers Chad Ochocinco and Brandon Marshall and former NFL linebacker Channing Crowder. And he talked about how if him and his agent weren't able to come to an agreement on a contract extension with the Los Angeles Rams, that he would be fine, he would be okay with making the decision to retire and walk away from the game of football. This is what Aaron Donald had to say on the I Am Athlete podcast. Quote, it ain't about the money, but it's a business at the end of the day. That's what you've got to see. For me, it's about winning. I don't want to play football if I can't win anyway. So I feel like if I got a real opportunity to win another Super Bowl, then it makes sense to play. But again, it's still a business. We've got to handle the business side of things. And if that wasn't to get handled, then, you know, it is what it is type of situation. I'll be fine. Then he talked about how the decision to retire didn't just pop up after he won the Super Bowl, as a lot of people are speculating that that it happened. Quote, this is what he said, quote, but me talking about retirement that wasn't that was happening way before we won the Super Bowl, he said. If I I've been saying that since I got into the league that I was going to play eight years and be done. That's just what I've been saying. It came out and then everybody thinks that, oh, he said if he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to retire. Nah, I got teammates, coaches, and my family who know about this. I said, I'm going to play eight years, and I'm going to probably be done playing football. And then this is what he said lastly about the craving of wanting to win another Super Bowl and how addictive it is now to him after him after winning his first championship. He said, quote, winning a Super Bowl, you get kind of a little addicted to it. I ain't going to lie. I want I want to feel that again. That experience is like none other. If I was to play, it's just to win another Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, it's still a business. And it, and it got to make sense for, to me and my family. Bottom line is this with Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams. Aaron Donald is a three-time defensive player of the year. He's an he's a NFL defensive rookie of the year. He is a seven-time All-Pro. And... He has been one of the best, well, actually, no, I take that back, not one of the best. He's been the best 
defensive lineman. Forget the forget pass rusher or just defensive tackle. He's been the best defensive lineman in the National Football League for the last eight years. And there is no arguing about that. None at all. If you were to put a top five list together of the best defensive linemen in the league, Aaron Donald's number one. You could put Chris Jones on that list. You can put Fletcher Cox and you can put Fletcher Cox on that list. You can even put Grady Jarrett from the Atlanta Falcons on that list. But if you make a def- if you make a list of the top five defensive linemen in the league, Aaron Donald is number one hands down. And here's the thing about the Rams. If the Rams were to lose Aaron Donald, because think about this. Think about this for a second. Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams came to and they came to a agreement on an on an on a contract extension back in 2018 when Aaron Donald signed a six-year $135 million contract. Okay? So realistically, if you look at that contract, Aaron Donald has three years and $52 million left on that contract. So if he were to walk away, let's just say he were to retire, okay? There are a couple of scenarios that I think the Rams would be able to come up with as far as filling the void for Aaron Donald if he were to leave. Number one, here's the first scenario. Let's just say Aaron Donald leaves. The, the Rams can go into free agency, and they can go, they can go and bring back Indomitian Sue. The last time the Rams went to the Super Bowl, they had Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald on their defensive line. They can go, they can bring back Indomitian Sue, sign him to a one, maybe two-year contract if they want to, and then they would have Indomitian Sue, they would have Ashawn Robinson, and let's not forget, they traded away Michael Brockers a couple off seasons ago, a couple of off seasons ago to the Detroit Lions, and then they just lost Joseph Sebastian Day to the Los Angeles Chargers. So if Aaron Donald were to leave, they would kind of need to fill that void and kind of fill it up really, really quickly. So they can bring back and Dominican Sue on a one or two year deal, and then or they could they could or the Rams could do this. The Rams could call up the Atlanta Falcons. I mentioned Grady Jarrett earlier. They could call up the Atlanta Falcons and and say to them, what do you want for Grady Jarrett? And I say that for this reason. The Rams have had a history over the last four to five years of trading for big-time players at big-time positions. Jalen Ramsey, Vaughn Miller, okay, Who's to say that if Aaron Donald leaves, they won't call up the Falcons and say, what do you want for Grady Jarrett? So now you would have you would have Grady Jarrett, you would have Ashawn Robinson, and that's a pretty damn good defensive line or defensive tackle duo right there. So, but all in all, those are just options for the Rams, in my opinion just in case Aaron Donald were to retire and were to walk away from the game of football. Do I ultimately believe Aaron Donald will leave? No. Would it be? Would it surprise me if he were to retire? No, it would not surprise me. But if Aaron Donald, let's just say Aaron Donald stays. Aaron Donald's only, Aaron Donald's only 31 years old. He has probably about two to maybe three more years of elite defensive line play left in him. 
and with how good GM Les Snead is as far as drafting talent to to come in and f- and to come in and fill the roster up as far as depth purposes go. I'm not saying that he would be able to draft another Aaron Donald, but I'm just saying the way the Rams move and how GM Les Snead, Les Snead drafts, he can go, like I said before, he can go and get an Indomitian Sue, bring him back. He can go and trade for a Grady Jarrett from the Falcons. He could go into the draft next year and, and, and possibly make up for losing Aaron Donald in the second or third rounds. I think it's... N- if they lose Aaron Donald, it wouldn't kill the Rams. It wouldn't kill their franchise. Their franchise wouldn't go into a spiral or anything like that. But I think it would be kind of difficult for the Rams to to make up and replace Aaron Donald. I think GM Lesnead would be able to fill the void with some veteran pieces here and there. But ultimately... I trust the Rams and Aaron Donald to come to an agreement on a contract extension, and I trust them to get a deal done. And I believe Aaron Donald will be back with the Rams come opening day during the 2022 NFL season. Would it surprise me if Aaron Donald retired? No, it wouldn't. But I don't, I don't see that happening, and I think the Rams and Aaron Donald come to an agreement on a contract extension. Next up, I want to talk about Lane Kiffin. I want to talk about some college football really quickly. And I want to talk about how Lane Kiffin, in my opinion, and this is just me, Lane Kiffin made some comments. He made a comment about probably about a week or two ago. He made a comment on how name, image, and likeness money is the number one thing driving recruits college decisions as far as what college they want to go to. This is what Lane Kiffin said to Ross Dillinger of Sports Illustrated when asked about how much money factors into recruiting and these recruits making the decisions to go to certain schools. This is what Lane Kiffin said. He said, you take a 17-year-old who a lot of them don't come from money and family doesn't come from money. If any person tells you that their NIL is not the number one thing, take a hundred of, take a hundred of, a hundred of them and ask them about the number one thing that is going to make the decision. It's not the size of the stadium. It's not the head coach. It's not the campus or the conference. The number one thing will be money. And how would you blame them? A professional player already has money, and they usually follow the money in free agency. So when you don't have it and and are three to four years away from getting money in the NFL, you take what is guaranteed. How can you blame them when a lot of them never make it to the NFL? How do you not take it? And then, And then this is what he also said when it, when it came to Star players using their individual power in the NIL era isn't far away. This is what he said. Why did Bryce Young not go into the portal? If you are advising Bryce Young, why why do you not go into the portal and walk and walk into Nick Saban's office and say, hey, I want to be here, but I've got to protect myself. So I'm going to go into the portal and I want to come back as long as it's matched with what I get out there. The kid would make 10 times what he would what he had. He, the kid would make the kid would make 10 times what he would have made. How's that not going to happen all the time? It should. It will. 
bottom line is this with Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is only half right when it comes to the NIL money, the name, image, and likeness money being being one of the main factors as far as these college recruits making decisions to go to certain schools. He's only half right. And here's why I say he's only half right. The NIL money is not the is not the the number one thing that will lead college recruits to going to certain schools like an Oregon, like a USC, like a Texas, Texas, like a Bama, like an Auburn, or like an Ohio State or a Michigan. The other factors that 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 fall into this is kids nowadays, 17, 18, 19 year old kids, whether it be a big time wide receiver, a big time defensive end, a big time middle linebacker, a big time running back. These kids want to not only go to these schools, not just for the NIL money, but they want to go to these schools to win national championships. They want to go. They if you if you come from a St. Thomas Aquinas, okay, if you come from say in 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 Eastern Tech here in Baltimore, if you come from a Dunbar High School here in Baltimore. If you come from a winning program in high school, you want to continue to go to a winning program in college. You want to go to a Michigan. Yes, is Michigan going to offer you a million to possibly two million dollars from that clothing line or that tea or, or that or that tea drinking company or whatever the case may be? Is that clothing line or that tea drinking company going to offer you a million to two million dollars to sell and advertise their product? Yes, it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, these kids want to go to Michigan. They want to go to Ohio State. They want to go to these winning programs because they've just come from winning from winning high school programs around the country. So while Lane Kiffin is 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 right about the NIL money being one of the major factors in these college recruits coming to these big time programs he's only half right these kids come to these programs they go to an Oregon they go to a USC they go to an Ohio State they go to these programs because they want to win it's not just because of the NIL money. These kids that transfer from Oregon and go to USC or these kids that transfer from Nebraska to go to Texas or these kids that transfer from from Kentucky to go to Miami, they go to those programs because they see they see the history, they see the they see the history and they see the the tradition of winning national championships and they want to be a part of that. Jordan Addison one of the best wide receivers in college football left Pitt to go to USC because he wanted to play for Lincoln Riley and he wanted to win national championships. So, like I said before, Lane Kiffin, he's only half right when it comes to NIL money being one of the main factors in recruiters and in, 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 in kids who are being recruited making college decisions on where they want to go to play football and be successful moving forward. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you guys why a certain conference is coming up with a possible potential idea and why I don't think it's a really, really good idea to begin with. That's coming up. Stay tuned. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever worked at a job where you've been there for seven, eight, nine, ten years or whatever the case may be? And... 
your job has been very, very successful based off of the business format strategies that have taken place, their strategic styles in which how they do things as far as their business being successful, and just the overall culture of that business that you've worked for, that company that you've worked for for the past seven, eight years. But then out of nowhere, one day, the president or the CEO or the higher up below those two comes to some of you guys, comes to some of you employees and says, we want to try to come up with a brand new big time idea that's going to make the company a lot more money than ever in the history of this company. And it's going to it's going to better everybody else around in the company. And it's going to it's going to set a new precedent for the for the for this company for the remainder of its of its of its existence. And then you kind of look at the idea and you really don't want to say it, but you kind of you kind of keep it amongst yourselves as employees and you think to yourself, yeah, that idea ain't going to work. And then when the idea actually starts to take on a life of its own, it actually starts to exist and go through and you see that it really start, starts to not really work. You kind of look at that situation and you think to yourself, I knew that idea wasn't going to work. I knew it. Well, with that being said, the SEC, which has been the best conference in college football for the last 16 years, according to Commissioner Greg Sankey, the SEC is strongly considering a eight-team intra-conference playoff. Greg Sankey said and has confirmed that an eight-team college football playoff within the SEC conference is going to be strongly considered. According to Action, according to Action Network's Brett McMurphy, Sankey said on Tuesday, Tuesday that an eight-team playoff without an automatic qualifier or without automatic qualifiers is something we would consider. According to ESPN's Pete Thamel, part of the motivation for Sankey to implement an, an SEC-only playoff is that he is, quote, still mad about the way college football, the college football expansion talks collapsed this, collapsed this year. There was a proposal for the college football playoff to expand to 12 teams, but it fell apart in February, so it will remain a four-team tournament through the 2025 season. This is, this is what Florida Athletic Director Scott Strickland told ESPN Pete Thamos last week. He said, quote, we have an incredibly strong league, one that will be even stronger once Oklahoma and Texas join. If you all do not know or haven't really paid attention, the Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas Longhorns will leave the will leave the Big 12 Conference and join the SEC within the next two years, making the SEC from a 14 team from a 14 team league to, to a then 16 team league. But then. He also, but then he also says that the focus should be on how we as a league use that, use that strength to further position the SEC as we face new realities. Commissioner Sankey has encouraged our athletic directors to create, to think creatively and an SEC only playoff is diff, is a different idea than that we should absolutely consider as an option. Sankey also said this. He said we wanted to be Good collaborators. We think we gave up a lot. What was viewed as a as a balanced approach, given the upfront demands, eventually fell apart. Sankey said, 
We also have the responsibility to think broadly about different possibilities. The SEC will continue to do so. Here's my thing about the SEC coming up or possibly even considering this 18 playoff within their own conference. It's not a good idea. Here's the reason why it's not a good idea. For the last 16 years, the SEC has had this format of you have the top two teams in the SEC. Whoever wins the West, whoever wins the East, plays for the SEC championship. And the winner of the SEC championship will more than likely either get to the national championship game or now that the college football playoff has existed has existed for the past seven years will be entered into the college football playoff and have a chance to play and have a chance to get to the national championship game but now and then not only that here's the other thing about this too whoever the sec champion is will have had to play an eight-game SEC schedule leading up to the SEC championship game. So you have your SEC, you would have your SEC champion play an eight-game SEC schedule, which will lead up to them playing in the SEC championship game. And then they have to play in the conference, then they have to play in the college football semifinal playoff or or, or the conference, the, the uh, college football playoff the conference semifinals and then the con- and then the national championship game. Do you, in my opinion, and this is just me, does the SEC really want to mess up a simple format as East, the East winner and the West winner of both divisions play in the conference championship game, and the conference championship winner sometimes maybe even and the conference championship loser go to the college football playoff and. They play in the and they play in the national championship game. Do you do, do do you really want to mess that up? And here's why I ask that question: Do you really want to mess that up? Over the last 16 years, the SEC has won 10 of the last 16 national championships. On three different occasions, the SEC has had their two top teams in their conference. Played for the national championship. LSU and Alabama played in the 2011 national championship. Alabama and Georgia played in the 2018 national championship game in the college football playoff. And then just and then just this past January, Alabama and Georgia again played in the national championship game. So I'm going to ask this question again. Does the SEC really want to mess up a format in which you have the Eastern and Western Division winners play for a national champ? Excuse me, play for the play your play for your team's conference championship game, and then you have your and then you have either your conference championship winner and or conference championship loser. Both get into the college football playoff because that's how worthy the college football committee deems both of those teams in your conference. And then maybe even even if if the SEC gets lucky enough, Alabama and Georgia or Alabama and LSU will both play for the national championship. But even before but even before that, even before the college playoff a college football playoff existed, what happened? Alabama and LSU were deemed what the two best teams in college football by the college football. 
by the college football voters. And they played in the national championship game. If the SEC comes up with the idea of having a college football playoff, or excuse me, having an SEC college football playoff within their own conference, here's where the problem lies. You will have had whoever your SEC champion is play not only an eight-game SEC schedule, but then also, this is just me thinking about how the format of this of this eight of this eight team playoff in the SEC would go. You would have that SEC champion. You would have, you would have had that SEC champion not only play an eight game SEC schedule during the regular season, but you also would have had them play two games, two more two more games within the SEC to get to the to get to the SEC championship game along with the SEC title game. So you would have had. That eventual SEC champion play eight games in the regular season, three more games in the SEC play in the SEC college football playoff tournament, which was which is now down to eleven, and then they would still have to get into the college football playoff and play in the conference and play in the and play in the college football semifinal just to get to the national championship game. So it's like. If the SEC were to even think about doing that, your SEC champion won't even have anything left in the tank to even finish the job and win the national championship because you've because your own conference would have ran you through a SEC gauntlet before you even get to the college football playoff. Again, again, think about this. That SEC champion will have already played an eight-game schedule during the regular season. Then you pile on three more games with this with this potential SEC playoff with the first round and the conference then the semifinals, then the finals, which is which would be the SEC title game. And then so that's eleven games right there for the SEC in general in one year. That's eleven SEC games. And you won't even have, and then your conference champion won't even have enough left over to at least possibly get to the national championship game and the college football playoff. Now, here's the thing about that. Here's where I understand why the SEC would do it. I understand that the SEC would do it for this reason. They would do it because. It gives competitive balance to the rest of the conference. You would, you would, you would be able to give a chance to a team like Auburn, to a team like a Mississippi State, to a team like Texas A&M. You would give those teams a competitive chance in this SEC in this SEC playoff tournament to possibly knock off a Bama, knock off a Georgia, and get to the conference championship game. So I understand the competitive balance of it. To give teams like Georgia, excuse me, to give teams like Alabama, to give teams like Auburn, to give teams like Tennessee, you would give those teams a chance to get to to get to the SEC championship game and possibly even have a chance to knock off an Alabama or a Georgia. I get that part. I also get the money part of it. I get the money portion of it because if this were to take place, if this SEC if this SEC playoff tournament were to take place with eight teams, ESPN would gobble it up like it's nobody's business. CBS, who had who who CBS, 
who also goes along with ESPN in covering SEC games. They would they would absolutely gobble it up. ABC may take a part in it. You never ever know. So I get the I get the competitive balance portion of it, and I also get the the money portion of it. But overall, I just don't think it would be a good idea because of the simple fact that by the time your eventual SEC champion, by the time your SEC champion will have gotten to the college football playoff, they would have ran through a gauntlet in their own conference with the 18 regular season schedule that they have on top of the three games that they are that, that they're playing in the in, in the in their own conferences playoff which which would be 11 games they won't they probably would they wouldn't have anything left to finish the job and win the national championship so while I get it while it's creative while it makes a lot of sense it's going to also be really really expensive and I just think it's going to wear down the team that will eventually try to vie for and win the national championship but next up ladies and gentlemen I want to talk about Terrell Owens and I want to talk about T.O. wide receiver Hall of Fame wide receiver he's my favorite wide receiver in the in the history of the NFL and he did an interview he did an interview with Charlie Arnold formerly of WWE and ESPN and he and he, he and Marcus Peters did an interview together and Marcus Peters put out a an an advocacy for T.O. to possibly return to the NFL. During the interview, Marcus Marcus said that T.O. he feels like T.O. can still play. He feels like T.O. can still play on a roster in the NFL even at 48 years old. Here's my thing with this. Here's my thing with T.O. Love T.O. Marcus Peters even said it himself. He said he's he said that he said that he was going to be at the facility at some point down the line. And he said that he would even try to clamor for the Baltimore Ravens to possibly sign Terrell Owens. Now, I'm pretty sure Marcus was joking. Maybe he wasn't. But at the end of the day, bottom line is this. I don't see T.O. Coming back to the NFL. And it's not because he's not in good shape. It's not because he ended leaving the league poorly or anything like that. I love T.O., but T.O. is 48 years old. He's almost 50. It would it would not surprise me if T.O. were to come back and try to play in the league again. It would not surprise me. And to be honest, I believe T.O. when he actually says that he feels like he can continue to keep playing. I believe it. I believe it. And this is what and this is what TO said regarding that. This is what he said. I quote, I can't I can do a lot of things that people feel I can't do. It's not a matter of me going out there and trying to prove anybody wrong. I just don't like the notion that people see that people see it even ev- that people see it even in the National Football League. It's almost like okay, you've reached a certain age at whatever point in time in your life and they feel like you can't play anymore or your skills decline to a degree. Of course, everybody's skills at some point may decline, but I think there are certain people that kind of defy those odds and I think I'm one of those people. Now, as we all know, T.O. is now is playing in the fan-controlled football league with Johnny Manziel. In my opinion, and this is just me, 
like I said before, I don't think T.O. will ever play again in the NFL. I just don't think he will. I think T.O.'s playing in that fan-controlled football league simply because he feels like he still can play. And with the NFL getting as young as they are at the receiver position, I just don't think a team will take a chance on a 48-year-old wide receiver at this point with the league being as young as it is at the playmaking position of wide receiver. It's not that I don't think T.O. can do it because I damn sure think he can do it. I think T.O. can do it. I just think with the way the NFL is right now, with them going as young as they've gone, I just don't think a team would take a chance on T.O. at 48 years old. That's just me. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. The year 2009. Why do I bring up the year 2009? Because that is the year that Kurt Warner, Anquan Bolden, and Larry Fitzgerald and the Cardinals took on Donovan McNabb, Deshaun Jackson, Andy Reid, and the Philadelphia Eagles. And we all know that the Arizona Cardinals went on to win that game, and they went on to face Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers in Super Bowl 43. But my question to you guys is this. What if Donovan McNabb, Andy Reid, and the Philadelphia Eagles had actually found a way to knock off Kurt Warner and Anquan Bolden and the Arizona Cardinals in that NFC Championship game? And what if they would have gone on to face Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers in, the, in Super Bowl 43? Because let's not forget, earlier on in that 2008 season, the Pittsburgh Steelers played the Philadelphia Eagles, and Philadelphia beat them. They sacked Ben Roethlisberger eight times in that game. So who's to say if Philadelphia beats Arizona and gets to the Super Bowl and plays Pittsburgh again, who's to say Philadelphia doesn't beat them again? And if Philadelphia actually wins that Super Bowl in Super Bowl 43 and they beat Pittsburgh again, Andy Reid probably never leaves Philadelphia. And if he never leaves Philadelphia, more than likely, the Kansas City Chiefs never end up with Andy Reid. And Kansas City also probably never drafts Patrick Mahomes. Who knows? What if Philadelphia would have knocked off Arizona in that championship game and played Pittsburgh? And what if Philadelphia would have won that Super Bowl? What if Andy Reid, probably still in Philadelphia even to this day, Patrick Mahomes probably never ends up being a Kansas City Chief. We will never, ever know. And that's why this is What If. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the I'm Just Saying Podcast. I am your host, Jared Dawkins. Thank you all for listening. I really, really do appreciate you all. Thank you all so much. And... I hope you all can I hope you all enjoy the NBA finals as I know I will. Thank you all for listening. I'm out. Peace.